Do you recall a day where everything clicked into place, where the world seemed to move in perfect harmony and every task flowed effortlessly? Introducing you to London Nootropics, adaptogenic coffee blends, thoughtfully crafted to elevate and balance your day, delivering all the perks of your beloved coffee, plus the incredible benefits of adaptogens, which also help to dial down those less than loved side effects like jitters, anxiety, and that all too familiar crash. A premium mix of medicinal mushroom extracts and other potent adaptogens, each blend is targeted for a specific purpose depending on what you need. Flow enhances your mental clarity and focus. Zen is your go-to for stress, relief and balance. And Mojo offers that clean, natural energy lift. It's the synergy between caffeine and adaptogens that works wonders, allowing us to relish the caffeine buzz without the drawbacks, ensuring a smooth, sustained energy flow. My top pick is the Zen Blend. It's a lifesaver for those of us who are caffeine sensitive and not to mention comes in the most charming packaging. So why not elevate your coffee experience with London New Tropics? Discover the perfect blend, find your flow and enjoy an exclusive 20% discount with the code SaturnReturns at LondonNewTropics.com. Hello everyone and welcome to Saturn Returns with me, Kagi Dunlop. This is a podcast that aims to bring clarity during transitional times where there can be confusion and doubt. Pausing this for a moment because I've got something exciting to share. Today's episode is brought to you by London Nootropics, the masters of crafting adaptogenic coffee blends that don't just taste heavenly, but they also boost your energy the right way. Now we all love that zesty kick from caffeine. It snaps us awake by outsmarting those sleepy adenosine receptors in our brain. But here's the kicker. Caffeine can hike up our cortisol, giving us the jitters or anxiety, particularly if you're like me and caffeine sensitive. But that's where the magic of adaptogen steps in. These natural heroes level out our cortisol, smoothing the energy boost from caffeine without the downsides. Plus, while caffeine tends to rush in and fade away, leaving you crashing, adaptogens extend that energy, keeping you vibrant without reaching for another cup. So if you want to find your most productive self with lion's mane and rhodiola, in their flow blend. Cordyceps in Mojo is known to increase our aerobic capacity, oxygen flow and boost ATP. So it's perfect before a run or workout or when you're feeling fatigued. So if you're intrigued and you want to dive deeper into their blend secrets and discover which adaptogens sync with you, try visiting their website. And because you're part of the Saturn Returns family, enjoy a special 20% off at London Nootropics Adaptogenic Coffee with the code Saturn Returns. Enjoy. Now, I'm very excited about this episode because a lot of you have requested that we discuss this topic, and that is the subject of periods and a woman's cycle. It's something that has become increasingly important to me over the last couple of years, I guess during my own spiritual journey, because it's all about recognizing and honoring the knowledge and wisdom that your body holds. I've started paying close attention to my own menstrual cycle, and When we first get our period when we're young, I think a lot of us experience a lot of shaming around it and why this is we get into in this episode. But I really want to start changing this conversation because I feel very strongly about it. We are sitting on my bed (laughs) having a cup of tea. I mean, I just wanted to make it feel as relaxed as possible. I I think I've taken it too far. Never. 
I need never. I started bringing in um, some incense and candles, and Lisa's face sitting on my bed was like, "What, what have I walked into here?" I feel like I'm being seduced. <laughs> and I was like, and I'm, "I'm okay with it." It's <laughs> like I'm seducing her. What's going on? In this episode, I am joined by author of Code Red and self-professed witch Lisa Lister, and we are discussing everything there is to know about periods. Lisa is a psychotherapeutic coach who specializes in supporting women to explore the terrain of being a woman in business, in relationships, and in life. But before we get into this episode, I want to check in with our astrological guide, Nora, who discusses how Saturn encourages us to authentically accept ourselves and our bodies, and how this connects to our initiation into womanhood. If Saturn's return is an initiation into adulthood while hopefully leading us into a more authentic self, then what can be more authentic and self-loving for a woman than to accept her body and every miraculous way it functions? The start of our menstrual cycle initiated us women into womanhood far before we were even capable of appreciating just how incredible our bodies are, how excruciatingly beautiful being a woman can be. Saturn returning means we are to be responsible for ourselves, and that also means taking care of our bodies, our spirits, our inner magic, accepting ourselves without taboo. So for a woman, if she hasn't done so so far, Saturn confronts her with her body and nudges her into fearless self-acceptance, because Saturn rules time and time isn't waiting around. Hopefully, by the end of this cycle, we not only accept our periods and the magic they hide, but we fully celebrate them each and every month. All the sort of wording around periods, like Aunt Flo, the blob, like there's a lot of negative connotations to it. And I'm sure a lot of you sort of winced when you heard that this was the subject of today's episode. And that's because the subject is still considered pretty taboo. And it can bring up a lot of shame for people. But as you will soon discover, there is so much wisdom to learn from following and working with your cycle. I reveal in this episode my own personal journey and story around how I got in tune with my cycle and learned to work with its seasons. I'm from a family of travellers and I've never owned a caravan but um my family my my lineage has and through that I'm a what's considered a third generation witch but you know what you don't need to have a lineage in order to call yourself a witch ultimately it's anybody but you have to be a woman well no I, I mean I speak, I mean, if I speak, my brother's not saying I'm a witch, I'd be a bit concerned. But, no, no, but honestly, that's the deal. There's like a ton of male witches. There's a ton really? of, Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's where, for the, in the book, I speak very much about kind of womb wisdom and womb witchery. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean you have to have a womb to be a witch. Like you don't need my permission. You don't need anyone's permission to call yourself a witch. But I predominantly, because of my journey, because of my experience, have very much worked on the basis that a witch is a woman in her power. Mm -hmm. Is yeah. any woman who is willing to stand in her power. Now, if you are a man, if you are non-binary, if you are anywhere in between the beautiful spectrum and want to call yourself a witch, you do that too. 
Hey, that's the call. Power to the witch. Yeah, just the power to the witch. But for me, I speak very much and all of the work I do from experience. So it's my experience as a woman in this body with a womb. You got misdiagnosed, didn't you, at the I age did. of 26? Was well, it? I'd been misdiagnosed for three years previous. And it was in when I was 26 that I was diagnosed with PCOS and endometriosis. Okay. And that was by sort of man in a... A dude in a white coat who, he said, like, you're not going to be able to have children, so we may as well whip it out. And I said, whip what out? And he said, your uterus. And I was like, OK. And then he went on and had another conversation. He was talking about a womb, and he's going to take the womb out. I said, what else are you taking out? And he was like, <laughs> what else is there? And he was like, no, your womb and your uterus is the same thing. And I realised I was 26 years old and did not know that my yeah. womb and my uterus were the same yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's from working with women now for many years and, and recognising that, I wasn't alone. Like, there's a lot of women that don't know. I mean, I'm going to straight up say that I didn't actually know. Yeah, we were taught a very kind of mechanical version of our body. Yeah. This is a uterus. It's very science-y. Yeah, like, right. Very disconnected from your body. Yeah, exactly, from your own body, exactly, mm -hmm. which, which then makes us become very disconnected, specifically as women, from our bodies full stop the feelings, the sensations, the knowing, the trust that we have in that space. A hundred percent. Was that something that was a bit of a catalyst for you in terms oh, of totally. like a spiritual journey and really understanding yeah. and getting in touch with yourself? Yeah, it was a total... Like, so to that point, I was working on Saturday morning TV and I was a journalist. I was very much neck up, like very, okay, I'll get this done. I'm hustling, I'm doing life. This is wow. all very good. Totally. And then you became a witch. <laughs> The natural <laughs> career trajectory from totally. Saturday morning TV to witch draft. Obviously. I've seen it all before. Yeah, <laughs> this, is, this is literally... Yeah, exactly. So, and then I'm interviewing a pop band on Saturday morning TV. Like, I was interviewing them for the magazine that goes with the programme. And I get up and someone says, from the band, says, excuse me, excuse me, you've, um, you might want to figure something out, I'd like bled over the entire, this beautiful white sofa, just like this white bed that you're sitting oh God, on now. Were you and you know, and she was very sweet, very lovely. I was mortified. So obviously like our relationship to our period, essentially. Yeah, yeah. And even like, I could feel myself pausing when saying that, is so wrapped up in shame, largely because Absolutely. of, you know, the patriarchy society mm -hmm. and whatever that instills in us from a very young For age. Sure. And whenever I think every girl, woman, has a shaming uh -huh. period story. Oh my goodness. Yeah, the mortification. And, and it's, it's true for so many of us. Like, we it's hold so, much, so much blame and shame. And mm. it, like you say, it's because of patriarchy. It's because of when you recognise the power that's held in mm. that whole cyclic nature that we have well, access to, yeah. then... Of course they were going to shame it. Of course they don't want us to recognise the power that's held in it. And this don't. is what we're going to unpack. But okay. before we do, we, I want to get back to like those stories because I know people mm. listening are going to be like, you know, I have that. And it's, it's a massive thing to unpin and I'm still in the right. process of doing it myself. So like, I want to ask you about when you first got your period, if you don't yeah, mind asking, and what that experience was like mm. and telling, did you tell your family? Did you tell your friends? Mm. It's... Ultimately, that moment when we bleed is when we get gifted our soul. It's when we get gifted our purpose in Love life. Love that. Right? It's when we get gifted that truth. Now, many indigenous cultures, they totally celebrate it. Totally, like, celebrate the girl, turn into woman. Mm. And in this culture, absolutely not. In our kind of Western society, that's it's like almost secondary. like... Yeah, it's almost like hushed 
past the thing, you know, here's a tampon, like everything's hush hush. Hide out so, the Yeah, exactly. And people still do that. Mm. So for me, my mum and dad had split up. And um, my mum had given me a phone number and said, like, you can ring this number, but only in emergencies. Well, I'd started to bleed and I was like, well, if this ain't an emergency, I do not know what is. This is very exciting. Like, I was, and I was quite excited. A 13? 13. To, like, tie it into the, you know, the Saturn Returns thing, it's like mm. your Saturn, you have Saturn squares and it's Absolutely 7, 14. Right. So, like, on that cusp is when, like, foot. that is some hard shit to go through. Right. So I'm ringing my mum. I'm like, oh, this is, I'll get to ring my mum now. And I hadn't spoken to her since she'd left. And because I was only meant to ring an emergency. So I rang. And she was like, what are you ringing me for? And I said, well, because I'm bleeding. And she was like, oh, tell your dad. This is not an emergency. You just tell your dad and he'll figure it out. And I was like, oh. I want to tell my dad. And I didn't want to tell my dad. And I was just, I was mortified. And, and it really plays into the mama relationship because that mama, you know, you want your mama to be able to support you and hold yeah. you through that space. Into, and she wasn't able to. you into womanhood. Yeah. Right. She wasn't able to. And then she wasn't able to do that. And for me, that's why I believe that was the transition point into womanhood. But it wasn't until I actively created my own ceremony mm -hmm. actively created my own to ritual celebrate to it. celebrate that because when I was 32 but yeah. that's 32 come on what are we doing I know that but we if, have to do that but like you say at 13 like you mm. don't have that sort of personal sovereignty like you mm. go to your parents and Absolutely. you're like how like how am I supposed to navigate this what does this mean sure. for my sense of self sort of thing and if mm. they're like I don't want to deal with that. Yeah, yeah. Go to the other parent. What yeah, does yeah. that? What message does that put in? And, and he was got, great, though. He got what I needed. He, you know. Were they uncomfortable about it, though? Like, when my mum lived with us, she, you know, she, I knew about it because she left everything out, you know, like the, you know, sanitary protection, and I hate that word. Um, <laughs> we, yeah, it, but it's, it's because everything's around cleanliness, everything's around, everything has to be clean, everything and has perfect. to be perfect around it, and it's not. Bleeding is messy, like, it's yeah. totally messy. And but life is messy. Absolutely. And when we recognise that, and then you see it play out in your menstrual cycle, you see that you've got all these places, and that is a place for us to release it's a place for us to be mm. messy yeah. and yet we don't get given that information so therefore yeah. we don't know it and we deny it okay so that was your first experience my yeah. i was so tell me about yours i was 15 so i was pretty late mm. to the period party it's not late that's perfect and then i remember when i got i think i was just relieved because everyone had it and i right. felt really like i wasn't a woman and all my friends were you know i don't even think i ever told my mum Wow. And it's interesting because we had like a relationship then when I felt like I didn't share that kind of stuff and it wasn't close. Now I think she's literally like, can you please stop sharing all your secrets <laughs> with me? <Enough. laughs> I'm literally like, and then I did this, and then I did that, and then this happened. And she's like, I didn't think I need therapy right now. <laughs> but I think it's a reactionary thing. Like you said, it's like mm. taken me 31 years to For suddenly sure. be like, I don't like need to live that way. And just because that's what, I experienced then doesn't mean I have to continue to experience Absolutely. that now. Okay, so that was the first time you had your period. Did you have anything with boys that was a kind of... Well, for, for the longest time, I would never have had sex with... Um, on your period. Oh, when I was on my period. Absolutely not. And it wasn't until... And I think most people listening would, right. would agree. Like, I've got some girlfriends that are like, oh, that's disgusting. I'm like, it's so much better. You're more sensitive. For sure. You're more, like, in tune with your body. And it's such a sacred time. Like, if we recognise that... I mean, I wouldn't let anybody be putting anything in on days one and two. But days three and four, 
if like I'm in a relationship with loves who are going to treat that as sacred, then... And not shame you. Absolutely. Not shame you afterwards. Because, it's, because it is a sacred act. If, you know, if you allow someone into that space while you're bleeding, that's such a sacred act. It's such yeah. a ritualistic, beautiful... You know, priestesses back in the day, like that's power. They're going to be gaining some of that power. Yeah. And that's not... That's that is also like anyway I think that women should have that absolutely you have to earn my body and gain my trust and that there is something you know karmic and sacred about that Mm. why do you think that we're told that they're bad dirty shameful why was that narrative created around it let's take it back to like the witches Mm. basically yeah yeah but that's why because we were powerful like women would use that blood there's a book called The Red Tent and it was a conceptual kind of idea of women gathering specifically at their bleed time to bleed, bleed together. together. Super beautiful, super ritualistic. I mean, and if we all bled at the same time, it would still, it would be just like the best thing to do. Mm-hmm. And so recognising that anything that is considered dirty and taboo is because it's got power attached to it. And so it makes total sense to make, it is to turn people against their own power make them think it's dirty make them so they forget. cut off because you and it's a dismembering of our power unplugging them from source forgetting that we're connected to nature this is really interesting and i think you know this is nicely leading onto that because through my 20s i was very disconnected i was behaving in a way that was like out of alignment and then stuff started to shift and I started to go on to a different path. And then I went to see Steph. I've mentioned a couple of times as one of my best friends. I went on this retreat with her, the Quarter Life Project. And that was like a massive, massive, like, okay, I'm like in this now. And that's one of the ones I've, I've taught on. So this is good. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And then after that, then I was in a relationship and something started happening towards the end of the relationship. There was like something niggling me in my body that mm. was something that was like, off Mm. and then what started happening is I'd always had quite um normal periods I didn't get that much pain or anything it was quite regular and I started getting this thing around when my period came it was like so painful and it you know it was like months of this and um I was then going to see my boyfriend as I was on my period I was having this pain and he just got back from this trip and anyway I was in so much agony and I didn't want to go. And like my body was just like responding quite aggressively to something. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? Mm. I then that day or the next day found out something was going on like behind my back and didn't connect it to my period at all, obviously, Mm. because why would I? And I was on the phone to Steph like a week later or something. And I think, I don't know, the period thing had come up. I talked to her about that and she was like, I guarantee it will go. It was like your womb's wisdom telling you something was off. And I was like, no way. Next time I got my period, completely back to normal. And it could be a coincidence, but I don't think it is. (laughs) (laughs) She's an oracle. Your your womb is an oracle and our period, especially that second half of the cycle, that's when we are at our most intuitive Mm. And yet again, we don't know about it, right? So when we do know about it, it's like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And that's what that whole premenstrual phase is about. Pain is a messenger for us to wake Always. up to that. Yeah. Always. And then also what happened after that is as I yeah. like really lent into my practices and stuff and so, you know, paying attention to the cycles of the moon, I then was aware that, you know, your period is supposed to align with the moon or like it historically. Historically, it, absolutely, yeah. And now it's like completely in sync with the moon. Oh, with the new, so I bleed on the new moon. Yeah, so yeah. it's like 
you know, it was yesterday. So bleeding now conveniently. I timed this whole podcast. <laughs> Everyone's like, stop talking about blood. <laughs> Not going to happen for at least another half hour. <laughs> and I think for sure, if you can, and if you do bleed on the new moon, which is historically, like you say, ancestrally, how it used to be, but that was before we had street lights. It's before we using blue lights on our phones oh, so all people, the time. A lot Computers. of people were on um, the pill and Contra- stuff. Well, and, and the contraception is in the water. So if you yeah. drink tap water, then you're, you know, you're. That's a good point. You're like yeah. literally taking in those hormones. So we can't control a lot of our outside um, influences regarding that. But what we can recognise is that each of the moon phases holds its own medicine. So I bleed for the last five years when I've been putting books out, when I've been sharing my wisdom specifically outwardly, I've been bleeding with the full moon, which is what that bleed time is for. So if mm. you bleed with the full moon, it's calling you to share with the world, to be of service to the world. Throughout your life, you're bleeding in tune with lots of different so what moon does it mean, phases. What does it mean to bleed with the new moon? If you bleed at the new moon, that's inward. That's calling you in. That's asking you to really pay attention to your needs and wants. If you bleed when the moon is waxing, it's... An invitation to get curious, try something different, look into things a different way. And if you bleed with the waning moon, that's an invitation to edit, Mm. like to really kind of get very clear about what's necessary. It's a very much of a truth teller. Mm. So if you bleed around that time, maybe not want to be around too many people if they don't want to hear the truth. Okay. I was recently on holiday with um, some friends and one of my friend's brothers who was there as a scientist and we got in a bit of, <laughs> bit of an argument over this stuff because he was like, there is nothing out there that suggests that there's any correlation between a woman's cycle and the moon. I was like, but my <laughs> fucking body is completely in sync with the new moon. So surely I'm evidence that that's... We're 70% water. The moon rules water. Like, how can we not be affected mm. by the moon's you know, tidal kind of nature, you know? Mm. So humans are affected by the moon. Like, you know, my husband um, is a nurse and he works in an emergency room. Mm -hmm. So he can categorically tell you that if a moon is full, people are mad. Wow. Like, literally, the people that come in, there is a level of madness that is not yeah, seen he's at aware any other time. Of cycling, he's like, yeah. Because I remember when I did Steph's um, mm. retreat, one of the segments we did, or one of the, like, modules, was about womb wisdom. Yeah. And within your period, there are seasons, yeah. just like the seasons of the year. Mm. And then, you know, people were having to connect with, like, what they feels right for them. For me personally, it was like autumn is when I like it. But most people like their spring, summer. Do you know what that... Yeah, absolutely. So this is kind of what my work is grounded in, really, is Mm -hmm. understanding our relationship with nature. So understanding that we are a total reflection of everything she is. We can map it with the seasons. We can map it with um, phases of womanhood as well. So there's the maiden, is the spring phase. That's our pre-ovulation phase. And so that's the time when... We can take risks, we can be dynamic. Like she's, she's happening. Yeah, she's like, check me out, she's frisky. So that pre-ovulation phase, we move into ovulation. That's the mama, that's the creatrix. And you don't have to make babies, that's not the deal. But um, you can be creating, like, business. Projects. Yeah, exactly. Projects, business. For me, it's writing books, doing retreats and things like that. They're my babies. These are the things that I'm putting out in the world. This is when we are most attractive. We are, like, basically Wonder Woman. So that's summer. And, like, how you respond to those seasons will say a lot about how you respond to that phase of your menstrual cycle, too. So if you love summer, 
that means that you're going to be able to handle that ovulation a whole lot better than maybe if someone like me, for instance, used to find summer very bright. Like Are we talking about literal bright. summer or metaphorical summer? Both, though, right? So if you if you find summer really bright, then it I might find be really summer a bit too much. Right. So it might be that when you <laughs> ovulate, when you ovulate in 13 days time frames, for instance, when, or maybe whatever, whenever it is in your cycle after you've bled, it's like that could be a little bit more challenging and it might be for others. Our relationship to the seasons can also then be a mirror to our relationship mm-hmm. to the season of our menstrual cycle too. Mm-hmm. Until we then go into that premenstrual phase, that autumn phase. Which, My favourite season. Right, and this is the wild and wise phase. And it's oh, dangerous yeah. because we're untamed. Like our tongue mm. is loose. Like we haven't got a filter in this phase of our menstrual cycle. And as the autumn, it's saying, you know, the leaves drop. And so we're starting to drop all the masks that we've been wearing in that first Mm -hmm. half of the cycle. We're in the second half of the cycle is an invitation back inwards. And we start to kind of like want to be more with ourselves. We don't want to be Be out in the world. world. We want to be like just tending to ourselves. But, you know, we're called selfish. This is indulgent. Mm. So then what happens is we get frustrated. Because we're not allowing ourselves to listen to our intuition. Absolutely. And yet anger is another thing that, we, you know, Western world does not expect women to do. And that's and so if we're mm. looking at the phase of the womanhood, that's also... Also because it comes out in that, like, segmented part of the cycle. Right, exactly. So men are just like, that's the, the only expression, apparently, that, they're, you know, that has its own issues, that, like, men can be angry and that's their emotion. Yeah. Whereas women are like, lovely, 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 and then as soon as they say anger, it's like, it's a period. <laughs> and they're not wrong, which is hilarious in yeah. a way because they're like, like, no, it's not. <laughs> wait, yes, uh, it wait, it is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's why we have this cycle so that we ebb and we flow, so that we, you know, we rest and digest, and so that we can then be out in the world and do and be in action. But when we don't bleed, you know, she's the crone. That's the wild woman. That's winter. Like that's when everything is bare. Like there's no. I hope that I hope this like sets fire to like, like a whole group of girls that are going to go home to their boyfriends and be like. It's the crone, I'm bleeding. And like, because also that's a massive thing. Like, I think we can all, and anyone listening that's a woman that bleeds is like going to feel empowered by this conversation. But then at the same time, you factor back into like society. Even like, I, you know, my ex boyfriend, some of them would be like grossed out by me being on my period and even saying the word. So it's like a massive thing that we have to like gently reintroduce these, these words and our energy behind it because then that can have a positive shift and effect. And so many people have said, oh, like how do I get my husband, my boyfriend, any of the, like even my sons, like, you know, the men in my life on board and I'm like, why don't they get it? And I'm like, because we don't get it. Not properly. Not yet. Because they're responding off the way we're communicating vice versa. And we're, if we're kind of sneaking around, if we Hide, hiding you know, the tampons, the up tampons the sleeves. if we, you know, if we we talk in hushed tones, you know, <laughs> you know, like in Code Red, I'm like, I want everyone to be talking about it over a glass of wine with their friends. I want this to be super normal for us to be like, how is that for you? So we under- I'm tapping in. So we have an understanding. And so in Code Red, like I asked Rich, my husband, to write how it is for him. You know, he's lived with me for ten years, and so he wrote like a two-page thing for men like you know, seriously insane <laughs> but he was like you know we often say why do women not come with a manual they do like they absolutely do come with a manual you're just if not you... reading it buddy exactly if you just spend a little bit of time getting to know a menstrual cycle it's really easy like it's super easy to understand like what's going on for her you realize it's not your fault so when she's like pre-menstrual phase and she's like gone mad because you've left a towel on the floor which you know he does and it does <laughs> like, you know it's not personal 
he believes it saved our marriage, which I, you know, I'm, I'm into as well. And I but think we have to be in tune with it for first. sure. You know, if, if you are super sciencey and, and some of the more kind of woo woo ritualistic stuff, it's too much. Kind of is too much. Just understanding that, like, if you know you literally physically cannot do as much as you did in the yeah. first half of your cycle, in the second half of your cycle, otherwise your body's going to tell you. Yeah, and it will. It will show up in pain and discomfort. And when you move into that second half of the cycle, when like you're perimenopausal and you're not quite as attractive as you was back then and actually when you stop bleeding when you go through menopause yeah when you go through menopause that's when you get your power you don't need to bleed anymore you've got a 360 on everything that's why you're the crone that's Mm. why you're the wise woman because you've got whole knowledge you are the power source Mm. and I think starting to work with our cycle and and mapping it out and actually being like okay that's what phase I'm in there Mm. it also takes the pressure off because we do live in the society that's just go 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 and like say we are in our spring summer we we feel like we can go 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 then every day it's like go that little bit more and then Uh a little bit more and then you just crash and burn because it's not sustainable it was actually again Steph that really like allowed me to for lack of a better word indulge in my cycle I mean we've on the phone and be like okay I'm gonna come visit you in Spain on these dates and she'd be like no you're not I'm bleeding Uh and I was like oh good work you know I base everything I do coaching sessions when I book a retreat all of those things around come into play yeah I know when I'm gonna be at my best I'm gonna be of service I also know that I'm great in my premenstrual phase but you need to be aware that if you're gonna book a coaching session with me if you're gonna want me to Mm. show up for you then I'm gonna be in my fiercest mama kind of like that truth teller energy yeah energy and so you you tell them that yeah but I mean I'm blessed right this I walk my work so if I didn't, you would be, be weird, right? Yeah. yeah, exactly. So mostly the women that come to work with me want to understand their cycles better anyway. And so when we recognise that and we honour it and we just say, like, look, you know, I'm bleeding. This is just not going to happen today. What I'm thinking about, and as I can, I can hear people listening, that like in quite strict um, nine to five like business, yep. and it's like it's very easy for you guys to say yeah, when you're sitting on a bed with some incense talking about <laughs> astrology in the moon. For but sure. what about people that are having to like you know show up in quite a male driven job and yeah. everything? They can't be like, oh, by the way, next month on the fifth of january i'm Not i'm bleeding yeah, yeah. so i'm just gonna sit at home and eat chocolate all day <laughs> see ya <laughs> but this is and so there's there's things in place now to start looking at kind of period leave like everything honestly really? yeah yeah for sure like it's period such a leave and, I'm, and all for that. I'm into it i mean i have chosen a career around my menstrual cycle yeah and so by doing that i've empowered myself right so i'm and i'm really truly aware that that's a privilege I work really hard for it, but it is a privilege. And um, whereas if you're in a nine to five job, for instance, totally get it. It's the acknowledgement. Even if it's just like sneaking off to the toilet for five minutes and just being like, yeah, we're bleeding today. We're just going to take a minute. Mm-hmm. And also recognising you are just not going to be able to do as much work as you would be before. Mm. And nor should you. Not like, oh, you couldn't. Of course you can. Yeah. Anyone. Like there's the memes where it says like, I can do anything you can do bleeding good why would you want to though like you absolutely don't have to to. and you might and like honor yourself yeah but i think it's such a big part of it is also being able to communicate that with men for sure because they may have their own like uncomfortableness around it but that's largely because they're like i don't have a fucking clue what's going on with her and they're just speculating and guessing yeah yeah so actually it's like about delivering it in a way that's 
calm and that's digestible for them but like this is like what goes on you know actually educating them as well is just as important right absolutely and I think I mean I've been asked to do lots of workplace conversations about um going into people's workplaces like will you come in do the menstrual awareness workshop and if you keep it practical everyone gets it and then if you feel the the call which you know I definitely do and I know a lot of the women that I work with do to kind of make this more of a a ritualistic more of a kind of spiritual experience you know like mm-hmm. men- men- our menstrual cycle is the oldest religion there ever is it's like if you understand your menstrual cycle if you understand the phases and the energy that's available the power that's available in each phase and then also like the hot spots that you'll experience in each phase which mm-hmm. i share in the book it's like everything becomes so much more easier like you recognize that okay so i can meditate here but i'm going to need to go for a 12 mile run here mm. Or do you know what? I'm going to just need to chill out here. Like, you know, I've worked with personal trainers who now train women specifically according, yeah. according to their menstrual well, cycle. Well, I, I found with things like, I remember a vocal coach was like, you shouldn't ever perform when you're on your period right. and stuff like that because it's like affects your vocal cords. I've worked with, lo- work with lots of singers and we've seen the patterns of what really? comes up. And it's it's so interesting. And Again, we live in a world where, how is that possible? Well, we have to create the world where that's possible. I had, like, just something in my head that's like this idea of sort of, like, very a male-dominated workspace and something, in, like, in the boardroom, something like, Susan, I know that you're on, you know, spring next month. Why don't you date this bitch? And they're being like, sure, John, I'll do it. I'm like, how good is that be? Because, like, And um, then just being like, yeah. Oh, Julia, I know that you're, like, not going to be, like, have the energy to do this when you're, like, on day 28. So, yeah. like, let me take that Why don't you, you do that, Peter? Pro- yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and, but she's going to, Julia would be way more productive in day kind of five through to 14, you know? Yeah, we make like work go through the roof honestly i've seen it over and over and over again the women i work with just recognizing their productivity a really handy thing for people to do is like start mm. journaling around it yeah. right and then they can actually start to see a pattern they're like oh yes and also not to think that you're going to see that pattern in the first month either like i say subtle it's super i mean sometimes it'll come and kick you in the ovaries and other times it'll be super subtle <laughs> yeah. absolutely and you get to explore that and understand how it is for you so that you can then live life accordingly okay so i i want to just go on to the thing that we started talking about when you first arrived mm. you you do well my mama was called it a sky reader so it's like an astrologer like my mama taught me how to read the planets, like feel the planets. So really understand how they make us feel, like the sensations they create in our body. So I asked for your date of birth so I could do, and I work really closely with Venus and with Chiron, but for you specifically, I did a Chiron reading. Which, What's that about? So Chiron was- What's Chiron going to say? <laughs> What's that about? I mean, do you want me to share? You yeah, happy? I think so. <laughs> so uh, I'm just checking. So the Chiron is the wounded healer. And so that placement in our, in our astrology chart will give us an indication of our deepest wound. Mm-hmm. So the wound we come in with, there's going to be a wound and there's going to be a gift. So if you look on your astrology chart, you'll see where there's a Chiron placement. Your Chiron was in Cancer. Mm-hmm. So for you, you're being in Cancer, the, the wound is abandonment. <sighs> Let's just live that a moment. Let's just let that hang there for a second. <laughs> and the gift is compassion. Because what happens is that it's a, it's a placement of the heart, which does mean that you feel grief and you feel pain. 
more than most, it means you're hypersensitive physically and emotionally. I yeah. am hypersensitive. So it means, but in a beautiful... I've always been. I think my parents, when I was growing up, and they say to me now, they used to say to each other, how on earth is Kaka going to survive? She's so right. sensitive. And I true. numbed it for a big you know, chunk of my life. But then that's what people do. I mean, with this placement, you'll find that there'll be more people that have a tendency to either overeat, to, to med self-medicate, to do mm-hmm. whatever needs to be done in order to not feel because yeah. the world is way too feely for them. A hundred percent. And so what's great about it is that it means if we master it, if we work with it, we recognise that that heart chakra is actually Our where strength. we... Yeah, it's, it's, it's actually... But it needs boundaries, Mm. In these fierce boundaries, it's got a massive connection to your relationship with your mama, and your relationship with your mama will dictate how that plays out. In terms of what? That could be a past lifetime. It could be from your relationship with your mama this lifetime. You know what's so weird? I, I can't believe I'm going to share this, but I'm going <laughs> to. I did um, ask whether you wanted to do no, this. No, no, I, like, I, f- I forget that this is actually airing like every everyone that wants to listen to it because we're just in my bedroom. So I'm like, oh, this is a really private, personal it conversation. Really um, I have a thing with relationships that they would go through these like nine month cycles. Mm-hmm. And suddenly I was like, hang on, I've had quite a lot of nine month relationships. Right. And I was speaking to a therapist that I was seeing about it at the time and she was like it's the original wound of abandonment from your mother giving birth to you yeah, yeah. and essentially abandoning you on Absolutely. some level and it's like you're wrecking it out yeah. every time and I was like damn and it's in your chart and that's why I think for me I always want to work with people's Chiron um, when you know when they come to work with me because this plays that's out in right your period part of it yeah yeah it works with your period it works with your experience as you know so many of us have got that tendency to want to heal or give to others or share with others, yet actually the idea of tending to ourselves, to our wounds, like to even get in and figure out what those wounds might be, that's mm. like painful for a lot of us. But actually, if you look at it in a more astrological sense, sometimes that's like a yeah. nice entry point in. And it's interesting you said that could be from like another life. Absolutely. Can people look up their Chiron placement online? Yeah, yeah you can. People yeah, you can. But you know. want to make sure that... In terms of like what I'm sharing, you want to make sure that you can find an astrologer and a practitioner who can really dive deep into it with you because otherwise you might get stuck. Well, you just might get stuck in the, in the wound and not in the gift because yeah. there's so much medicine in the gift. Mm-hmm. I guess what I'm actually experiencing a lot at the moment and like the last two months have just been crazy in terms of like lessons and things. Mm-hmm. And it's me really having to step up to a space of like vulnerability and accepting like my imperfections and showing up in relationship like that. And for me, that's absolutely terrifying. Right. That's where the medicine will come in. If you know that the going into that, the major fear will always be that you're creating these relationships and knowing that you're not hanging around because potentially like they're going to abandon you. Someone's mm-hmm. going to abandon you. It's like, yeah. okay, well, how do I not abandon myself first? Mm-hmm. That's the work. Mm-hmm. And then if I'm never going to abandon myself, then I can let other people in on my terms. Yeah. And if yeah. they choose and I can to share my go, heart rather than absolutely. like give it. Yeah, because I think this is an interesting one. I, mean, oh, I always love end, ending up talking about relationships, but we do go into relationship thinking like, oh, if this person accepts and, and needs me, then I can like accept myself. Yeah, yeah. And then you create the sort of trauma bond almost. And it feels very intoxicating For and sure. like love. But actually I'm realising again, it's like, 
it's not supposed to feel like that actually you've got to do the work in yourself to get to a place of like acceptance and self-love and I can invite in a partner and of course like you'll be in pain and sad if they leave but it won't derail you in your entirety basically absolutely because you love yourself and then and I think you know, just going back to kind of knowing your menstrual cycle, when you know your menstrual cycle, it's such an it's such a beautiful way to then start taking care of yourself, mm-hmm. to start understanding like, oh, so in that phase, I'll show up like that. Is that healthy for me? Is that good for me? Oh, okay, maybe, maybe not. Okay, what do I need to do? And that's what the tracking will help with. It's almost mm-hmm. like you become your own therapist. You become your own life coach. Yeah. So you can support yourself in being able to come back home to who you are so that in relationships with others, whether that's with partners, whether that's in working relationship, whether that's like in love and sex, then it's like you're going to be able to know who you are and know what it is you need. I think that's a beautiful thing to wrap up on. Thank you so much for for coming on and talking to me and sitting in my bed with me. Thanks for letting me lay on your bed and drink tea. It's been a pleasure. (laughs) I remember I'm like, and if you want to play a drinking game after this, when you drink every time we say period or blood, go right ahead. Go ahead. You're going to be having the best time. I love this idea of working with the seasons of your cycle, which makes so much sense in how we feel because... We're not supposed to operate from this go, go, go mentality all the time, which is a very like masculine uh, state of being. That's like we have to be 100%. And actually the takeaway that I got from this episode and something I'm trying to learn to practice is it's cyclical. You know, we need to work in alignment with nature. Everything isn't linear. It's not just like one path of go, go, go. We need to slow down. We need to rest and recuperate and begin again. And I think actually when we realize like our periods are so in sync with nature, the fact that, you know, I have mine in sync with the moon, I think is such a beautiful thing. And it allows me to, you know, work with that energy as well. What do I need to let go? What am I trying to manifest? What am I trying to call in? Where do I need to, you know, go into my winter and sort of cozy away? And when am I ready for my spring and summer to come out and execute things and make things happen? So I hope that, you guys can feel a little bit inspired about this and that you found this conversation empowering. I really love getting all the lovely messages from you guys on social media. It makes me feel like I'm really part of this community. And every time you say that you've shared it with your friends and stuff, it really means a lot. So thank you. And I hope you continue to do so. If you'd like to follow me on Instagram, you can find me at Kaggy's World and Lisa Lister is at Sassy Lisa Lister. And also, if you'd like to get a reading from our astrologer, Nora, you can find her at Stars Incline. Saturn Returns is a Feast Collective production. The producer is Deborah Dudgeon and the executive producer is Kate Taylor. Until next time, thank you so much for listening and remember, you are not alone. <laughs>